on what is it? Uh, unfiltered. David's or... unfiltered sports show. Right. There you go, David's unfiltered sports show. Linking up to do a podcast, and uh, I'm gonna let David kick it off and. Let's get this so we're gonna going. recap UFC 252. The first fight I want to recap is Rosenstruck versus Junior Dos Santos. What was your thoughts on the fight? Um. Well, at first, uh, how do you say his last name? Rosenstruck. He looked a little hesitant. You know, he looked like he didn't want to throw. You know, obviously with the last fight against um, Ngannou, uh, you know, it's a scary dude. So he was a little hesitant. Uh, Dos Santos looked pretty good. He looked uh, light on his feet, and I thought he was kind of winning the fight. And then uh, he he got clipped, and that's just what what happens with the heavyweights, man. It's just one punch can can change everything. Yeah, I was surprised that uh, he was uh, Biggie Boy, aka uh, Rosenstruck. I'm surprised he was able to take Dos Santos' punches. He was taking them pretty well on the chin. No, because he just got knocked dead mm-hmm. in like in ten seconds versus Ngannou. Oh, so yeah. man, his, yeah. you know he came back. I was surprised he came back so, like two months later to fight. But yeah, man, he did pretty good and fucking knocked out Dos Santos. That's oh, Dos Santos is over three in his last three heavyweight fights, all by knockout. And Dana White said yeah, that he, he might t- force him to retire or something. Yeah, he seems to be on the decline right now. Um, his his glory days were behind him when he was uh, fighting with Kane and and other dudes, you know, of that caliber. Matt. Um, he just looks old, old, and you know he is older. So I mean, you can just tell the age is getting to him. Those two sure. fights with Kane took like the life out of him. He's never been the same since. Yeah, well, Kane he he takes you in the deep waters, and you most people never look at Brock after what happened to him after he fought with Kane. You know, Brock was never really he never really got that spark back you know i um who else? i feel like as fans i yeah, feel like as fans we got cheated because kane velasquez had all the potential in the world to be the greatest heavyweight of all time but his without a doubt. He, his work ethic is so crazy that he would f- fucking fight with injuries and he had all these injuries and he was a we were not able to see his full potential that's why he would he, yeah and it just it just seemed like he kind of wasn't into it anymore. After after a while, he just after he took that long layoff, you could just tell that he just probably didn't love the sport anymore. And maybe he was kind of forced back, especially with the Ngannou fight. Um, he just didn't look like he, he wanted to be in there, you know? I think he just kind of just lost love for the sport. And, I mean, it's a tough sport, man. This sport is unforgiving. So, I mean, I don't blame him. So, I mean, he, he like you said, he could have potentially been the best heavyweight of all time without a doubt, but, you know, like I said, after the injuries and things of that nature, he kind of just, it looked like he lost love with the sport. Yeah, that's who he's in there to be now. So, for, for Rosenstruck, yeah. like, is, who who would you like him to fa- face next in the division? It, without a doubt, Lewis is on a hot streak, and he looks really good. Uh, him and Lewis would be a really good fight. I don't know if they fought before. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think they have, but them two, and then whoever wins that, it's the winner of Stipe and Ngannou because Ngannou is without a doubt the number one contender. Yeah, for sure. Black Bees versus Ngannou. I mean, Black Bees versus Rosenstruck would be a great, a great fight mm-hmm. next. What, what, oh, what was sure. your thoughts yeah. on the Cheeto Vera versus Sean O'Malley uh, fight? I I couldn't really take too much away from it. You know, uh, um, Cheeto, he, he was, uh, he looked hesitant. O'Malley looked, you know, like he was about to get into a flow state. 
And then, I mean, it, there wasn't really much action to really take away. Uh, I definitely they got to run it back. In my opinion, they have to run it back. I don't think that uh, that was a super legit win uh, for for Chito. So, in my opinion, they they got to do it again once O'Malley comes back. Hopefully, he's not too banged up. You know, it looked really bad, but hopefully, it's nothing too too serious where he can make a, a quick recovery and come back. And they they got to. Yeah, uh, I looked at the fight three times. The first time I thought O'Malley like broke his foot when he threw a kick, but now that I looked at mm-hmm. looked at looked back at it, it's when Cheeto um hit O'Malley in the calves. And it's this I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember watching the second Demetrius Johnson Cejudo fight where uh Cejudo's ankle was rolling around because he got hit in the calf. Yeah. And yeah. I guess it kills yeah. a nerve. And a nerve, yeah. It hurts a nerve in there and so then he yeah, he wasn't able to like yeah, he wasn't able it. to like you know. St- they said it's like the equivalent to you like having your foot fall asleep and you're trying to step on it, you know. And then mm-hmm. so he had a a cat scan or extra this morning, and they came back negative, but I guess his ankle's still swollen. So they're gonna do a, a wait till the swelling goes down and do another uh, X-ray. But it looks like he's all right that he didn't mess anything up. So that yeah, nothing's torn, nothing's broken. Yeah, that yeah, because because like, originally like it looked like he like popped his knee when he was walking around, but you know, thankfully he's all right, and um, hopefully he can get another fight in before the end of the year. And so let let's mm-hmm. say you know I want them to run it back too because you know in reality I thought that it was like a fluke injury, but you know Chito Vera did you know he fucked up O'Malley's leg, and then he dropped the bows, mm-hmm. and then the referee had it. But that's the reason the referee ended the fight early because he already knew that um, yeah. O'Malley, was, you know, he wasn't going to be able to finish the fight. Yeah. So even if they would have ended, yeah. even if they would have went, even if the first round would have ended, they still would have canceled the fight because you know O'Malley couldn't step. So Vera would have won. Yeah, he he would have won regardless. So let's say let's mm-hmm. say they don't run it back and let's say the UFC moves on. Is there anybody else? You know, I want them to run it back too, but is there maybe another bantamweight you would like Cheeto to face next? From the top of your head? Mm. Off the top of my head, who who, who pops out? Because Garbrandt, Garbrandt's already, he's taken right there. He's going down a flyweight, yeah. you know? To face... Uh, Davison Figueredo. Whatever, yeah. There you go. He's he's going to face him. That I, that I think that's a good fight. But uh, off the top of my head, bantamweight, Mm. When is when is Dillashaw come back? He don't come back till January. <laughs> when did? Oh, so he's uh, he's out for another a few months. A few months, huh? Yeah. Uh, up no. Name a so, few. The, name a so few. So the you person name a few. I came up with that they're like ranked. So, um, mm. this guy's gonna be ranked number twelve. His name is he's fought in the main card too. Um, Marab Davashili. Yeah, he just fought on the main card, and he, uh, man, he, I forgot who he beat. Oh, John Dotson, John, John Dotson, like, yeah, I was gonna say so Dotson, right? He, he, beat he like dominated Dotson, and Dotson was ranked number twelve. Mm-hmm. So, David Shealy will be ranked number twelve, and then um, Cheeto will take over O'Malley's position at fourteen. So they're like two spots away, and David Shealy said mm-hmm. if he would, if he won the fight against Dotson, that he would want to fight the winner between. Vera and O'Malley, so I think that's a pretty good fight right there. Yeah, I don't see why they can't and do then, that. You know, uh, they're both uh, well. 
Chito is an experienced guy. He's been in the UFC for a while already. So for him, I think um, I, I'd look to, to get a higher-ranked opponent, you know. You know, he's not getting any younger. And this 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 other cat that just beat Dotson, um, he's, a, he's a new face. You know what I mean? So if, if, you're, if I were Chito, I would, you know, look to maybe get a higher-ranked, at least a nine or eighth-ranked opponent because uh, he's not getting any younger. He's going to want to, you know, make a run for that belt. And there's – I don't see why he, he would kind of, like, stay in that same area by fighting the – Guy who just beat Dotson. And in reality, he's basically one. Um, Cheeto Vera's basically on a seven fight win streak because the last fight was like a controversial decision versus mm. Song Yedong. So they basically say that he's won seven in a row and he's on a hot streak right now. And I knew he was a dangerous mm-hmm. fight. I knew it was going to be, I'm like, this is O'Malley's like first legit guy that he's in a fight that, you know, could like cause problems because he, he was a black belt. He has good striking. He even popped. He even, like mm-hmm. for um, for Sean O'Malley being five eleven, Cheeto still smacked him in the head with some leg kicks. Yeah, I mean Cheeto Vera. He's not. He's not a guy who's. He's not like just a. Uh, you, you know, you're not gonna just walk through him. He's not a journeyman type of fighter. He has, uh, really good, really great skills. And, and he's uh, young. He's only like twenty six. Are you serious? I thought he was. I thought he was no, like twenty nine. He was twenty six. He's been in the UFC since he was twenty one. Oh, wow. oh, that's right. I do remember that. No, okay. Then so yeah, it was. Shami. Yeah, he's only. He has yeah, some time. He's only then. like a year or two older than O'Malley. Oh wow! Damn, yeah, man. The, oh man, the bantamweight division is like the most stacked division in the UFC, man. Oh, definitely. There's just so many. There's too many people to really. Kind of make a case for like oh this is the definite like definite number one contender you got sterling you got well, you got Jan as a champion but you know there's a few guys who can make a a, a case to to be the next fight for, for i think marlon Moraes was he's not i think he's gonna go to sterling because marlon Moraes just accepted a fight with sanhagen and sanhagen just got beat by sterling right so that means that it's mm-hmm. clear that sterling's gonna be the number one contender but they haven't announced a fight yet and then I think that's why uh, Cody Garbrandt moved down because he didn't want to wait for right. a title because it's kind of yeah. like yeah. these guys that have been doing it since Garbrandt's been out for a little bit, you know, letting himself heal up because he just spa- he just suffered like three straight knockouts. So, you know, he was letting his brain rest yeah. and he came back with the yeah. And then TJ Dillashaw's coming back in January. Man, it's just going to get better. And there's there's new – like, well, well, later on we're going to break down the – Edgar Munoz fight, which is their bantamweights, so that's it's just more stacked. Right. I want to know your thoughts yeah. on the Miocic DC fight. It was a pretty even fight, you know. Um, for me, I had it two two going into the last round, and I I just think the pressure and uh, the control as far as you know getting in the clinch with uh, Miocic, I think that's what kind of took it over. And kind of gave, you know, made the judges lean more towards him because uh, he just took more control of the fight. It was pretty even with the stand-up, you know. You know, they're going back and forth, both trading big shots. Not really hurting each other. Uh, stunning each other, but like I said, not hurting each other. And I just think the the, the clinch control and just green octagon control was was what took it for Miocic. 
Yeah, he did control the fight a lot with the clinch, which I was surprised. Man, I wanted like it was. It's like an easy way, a easy game plan for DC was just to fight like Khabib, just like fucking take control of the fight, grapple, just like ground and pound, yeah. maybe sneak in a rear naked choke. Come on, like he didn't follow the game plan. Yeah. He must have been like injured or something, because. No, I, I think it. I think it's just. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are. They've underestimated uh, 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 Miocic's ground game. You know, even DC said it himself that that he's he's not an easy guy to take down and to keep down. And you've seen after that first takedown, Miocic got right back up. So maybe after that, you know, DC was like, okay, maybe that's it's gonna uh, take a lot of energy to keep doing that. You know, and he's not gonna want to just waste his energy, especially being a heavyweight, being heavier. I know he's fought at that weight, but he, you know, he's already an older guy. Obviously, he's that's why he retired already. Um, and he's put his body through. He's, I mean, he's fought, what, 10 straight fights, title fights? So he's facing off against the best guys. After a while, your, your body's going to feel that wear and tear of just facing the top dudes. So I, I think that he he realized, you know, maybe this is going to take a lot more energy than I thought. Miocic has a great ground game. So I, I think he, maybe he just abandoned ship after he got up at the first And to top it off, DC doesn't stay in shape outside of training camp. So he has to, like... He has to get in shape and get in shape. If you would have stayed in shape, like all all like year on all year long, and trained at a specific mm-hmm. weight, like in the two thirties, what you weighed in, then he would have been good. Right. But yeah, man. Yeah, Miocic. Do you think? In my opinion, I think just based off his resume, I believe Miocic is the greatest heavyweight of all time. What do you think? Yeah, you can you can dispute that. You know, he's defended the belt the most. Uh, he's beaten. Great guys. He's beat who Fabricio Verdum to win the belt. He beat Dos Santos. Overeem. Um, he's just Overeem. Yeah, he's beaten the best guys in his division, the top guys, and and you know, especially beating Nganu. You know, pretty much showing everybody, you know, hey, this guy's not invincible. He can be beat. Um, he's definitely cemented himself as the, as as the best heavyweight. And and to top it off, he was in phenomenal shape this fight he looked chiseled and he looked he, looked he was really making good. me think that he could cut down the 205 <laughs> yeah he, he looked like it you know, like if he could do that but man he, he looked in really good shape but uh like you said i, I think he's definitely cemented himself as, as the best heavyweight of so all time. in your opinion what's what do you think is next for miocic in ghana well what if what mm-hmm. what about what about this situation you know we talked earlier that John Jones vacated his light heavyweight title and he's committed himself to moving up to heavyweight. What if, um, you know, Mitchich just went through a war? So what if he needs like six months to recover? And then what if Nganu's down to fight John Jones? What do you think of that? Whew. No, that'd pretty- be a super fight. You know, even though Nganu doesn't have the belt, that's, that that's is a, a pay per view headliner right there. Yeah, and then sure. it's up to Ngannou. He wanted that fight. He wanted that fight. He was down for it. You know, John Jones. He likes. He wanted to fight Stepe, and then him and Stepe were down to fight, and then he backed out. So I kind of don't know what the hell John Jones is thinking half the time. But yeah, Ngannou's next in line for that heavyweight <laughs> title. But you know, if Stepe needs time to heal up, you know, he just came off a war. He got poked in the eye, and then he fuck. He messed up DC's eye, mm-hmm. tore cornea. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. the, I think that's what happened to uh, Michael Bisping when uh, Balfour kicked him in the head. 
But yeah, we don't. Know. Yeah. But uh, I, I think this. I think. Uh, I think DC will be fine. You know, as far as he's not going to be. A, do you think? Uh, do you think he's done? But um, I don't think so. In my opinion, I think he'll come back for another fight. Say if um, if if John Jones and Stipe fight and Jones wins the belt. Uh, as as you know, as a competitor and and as the rivalry they have, DC he'll have to come back and try to fight for that belt and definitely give it a shot at heavyweight. You know, and things may yeah, be different said, at heavyweight. Well, you know, at, you know? In his post post uh, fight uh, um, with Joe Rogan, he said that you know he only wants to come back if he's in a fight for a belt. So he left it open. He left it open for, for the belt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if he would have won, I think yeah, he's gonna ride off into the sunset. He's not definitely not coming back. He does, you know. I don't think he would care who won the belt after, but since he did lose that fight, and you know, he I mean it was a five round battle. Don't get me wrong, you know, he probably thought he won. So I, I definitely he left it open. And like I said, if Jones happens to win that heavyweight strap, there there'd be no way that uh, DC could resist. So overall, to be honest. Besides the main event, I was kind of disappointed with UFC 252. Um, what were your thoughts of it? Yeah, I've heard that a lot. I've heard that, uh, you know, all the, pe- all the people that uh, that I talked to that watched it, uh, it, it was it was real stale. You know, there's really no big names other than, uh, you know, O'Malley and then DC and Milchik. Nobody else really stood out, you know. Of course, you know, these guys are all trying to make a name for themselves, these guys and girls trying to make a name for themselves. Um, but... Nothing really stood out, you know. I've I seen the uh, the Felice Herrig fight, and then I thought she would, uh, you know, make a case for her comeback after yeah. being out for what a whole year and a half. And then you know she ended up getting beat in the first round. And as far as that, you know, you just got prospects just kind of making a name for themselves, but nothing too special. And then originally, like three opinion. weeks ago, they had Uriah Hall versus Yo Romero on this card, and they had the that yeah, we're gonna talk about next. Munoz versus Edgar, but they didn't have a main event, so they moved that card. They moved that off the card, which it would have been a great fight, and they moved it into like its own fight night. And I want to get your opinion on Edgar versus mm-hmm. Munoz. This is Edgar; he's dropping down from featherweight to bantamweight. This is this shouldn't have happened a long time ago, mm-hmm. but this is like his natural division, and Munoz is ranked number five. So, um, what's your uh, take on the fight, and who do you think is gonna win? Um, I think Munoz is going to take it just because he's a fresher, younger guy. Um, as, as you know, just because he hasn't been through the the battles that uh, Edgar has. You know, Edgar Edgar's been through through a lot. You know, he got beat by Ortega. You know, he's been through the wars with uh, Gray Maynard. Um, and he's fought you know top guys. You know, he's been that. You know, if you beat Edgar, you you know you kind of make your case for being the top five fighter. And you know, with Edgar aging, um. I like Munoz. Munoz is a guy who's uh, definitely ranked where he should be at number five, and I can definitely see him making a case to to fight for the belt real, real soon. I like Munoz. His striking is really good. You know, Edgar's is as well. I think um, Munoz is a fresher fighter, and I think, uh, you know, that'll kind of take over and show. Do you have it by decision? Do you have it by knockout or what? Um, That's a five-rounder, right? Um. I think Munoz takes it in the fourth. I think he stops on TKO. So for Edgar, he's he's owned two in his last two fights. His losses came to Holloway 
in a championship fight in Korean Zombie. And Munoz is 1-1. One one. He knocked out Cody Garbrandt, and then he lost to Sterling, uh, Aljamain. And yeah, yeah, I like mm-hmm. it because it's kind of unknown yeah. because Frankie Edgar used to like walk around at the weight that he's the fight at. Now he has to cut weight, which is like taking liquid out of his brain. And we don't, this is like his first match mm-hmm. at that weight. So it's, there's a lot of unknowns going into it. And yeah, I, um, I could see Munoz maybe like choking out Edgar because he's a black belt and he's legit. But I think it's going to be a stand up war. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless mm-hmm. you remember the fight when Edgar yeah. fought Yeah Year and he was just like, he fought him like, like, you know, like Khabib style, just like took him down, ground and pound. Yeah. But yeah, year is not really uh he doesn't have a black belt in jujitsu, I don't believe. And then Munoz has you know, he has he has that so he could like maybe get a, throw up a triangle or something. But yeah, I think Munoz, Munoz will, will knock out Edgar, mm. to be honest. You know, there's a lot of wear and tear on Edgar yeah, and you know I he's think, uh... been knocked down before and yeah, Munoz Yeah, exactly. Uh, that guy's a tank, man. Yeah, I like him, and after seeing what he did to Garbrandt, it was like, uh, like, okay, this guy's, this guy's got some too. Yes, yeah, especially in the stand-up game, you know, he's he's good right there as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think Munoz just he's just fresh. You know what I mean? He's just fresh, and he's gonna just he's gonna find a way to to make it happen, and he's gonna he's gonna make a and case a stack, to fight for the ball. It's a stacked well. division, man. He might need to win like three more fights after this, exactly. just to get a, a crack at the title. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Edgar's a big name. You know what I mean? Edgar's a big name to to beat. If you can yeah. beat him, you know, like I said, when you beat Edgar, it's like okay, this guy is legit because Edgar's, you know, he's obviously he was a champion. Yeah, they're tossing him right top, back the top for a while. five in the bantamweight division. So that's that on the fights, mm-hmm. and we're gonna go into the NFL. And your guy Gerald McCoy, they they thought he tore his ACL, but he tore his quad, which is you know a little yeah. different, but you know he's still out for the year. Yeah, yeah, he's out for the year. And then, hurt, so you're great, Neville Gallimore out of third round pick out of Oklahoma is about to step up soon. Yeah, I, I, I like our depth in the D line, so um, I think it's just gonna be a rotation of guys that are gonna kind of fill in and step in uh, the shoes for McCoy. That you know, kind of what he would have done for the team because McCoy's a a great, he's a run stuffer and he can get pressure right down the middle. He can get right right. In the interior, you can create pressure and, uh, you know, make the quarterback throw a little earlier than, than he's normally accustomed to. But I think the rotation of guys, the depth we have with uh, Antoine Woods, uh, Neville Gilmore, uh, Tristan Hill, uh, even uh, Tyrone Crawford, you know, th- those are a rotation of guys, you know, you, you can't beat them. Am I wrong or do you guys even have field, the Tory you know? Poe? That guy's a... Yeah, and then you still got him right there. And you still got Dunter Poe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's I remember he's, at, I remember at the combine, right I think he ran a 4-7. I could be wrong, though. He was, no, I think I remember that, too. I do remember, you know, seeing the bigger he dude was, run. He was like 340 running in the 4-7s. <laughs> yeah, and, that's, and then, yeah, well, he was uh, picked by the Chiefs. And, I mean, he did some he did some work there. And then he went to uh, Carolina. Yeah, him, right and, after, him right? and McCoy played in Carolina together. And then they another played. thing is Gallimore, yeah. another combine freak. He ran in the four sevens too, I believe. Yeah, 
Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Sorry, we had some technical difficulties. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it disconnected or what the heck. But something happened. So, uh, we're going to go into the NFL. No, I said uh, ahead of time. Who is an offensive and defensive rookie you look forward to seeing this year? Offensive, of course. I'm going to go with my guy, CD. He's going to be an explosive, you know, just like out of college, an explosive big play receiver. Um, It's going to be hard to cover one or the other. You got Cooper, you got Gallup. How are you going to cover CD? You know what I mean? There's just no way you're going to be able to – you're going to put your third best corner on him when he's a – he can be a number one receiver on any other team. So it's just going to be hard to stop that dude. So, of course, I'm going to go with my guy C.D. Lamb. He's going to go and ball out. He's going to make plays just like he did in college. What were your your thoughts on the – well, they compared him to a more athletic DeAndre Hopkins. How did you like that uh, comp, comp for him? Yeah, I like that because he's a, he's a guy who's real uh, aggressive when it comes to the ball. When the ball's in the air, he's he remind he reminds me of a, a more athletic Des Bryant. Um, he's just more he's, he's just aggressive when the ball's in the air. He's gonna snag that thing, and and for me in the open field, he can just he can make you miss. So that's why I, he reminds me of a of a more athletic Des Bryant, a smaller version of DeAndre Hopkins. So you got C.D. Lamb, you have Cooper, you have Gallup. Does mm-hmm. that mean Zeke's going to get less carries, or what? Do you, what do you? What are your thoughts on that? Like you know, because you know, we like to think also fantasy wise. So like, would you take Zeke with like a top, your top five pick, or like with the number one pick, or you know, how do you think his roles going to change with them being a uh, air attack maybe this season with all those yeah. weapons out there? Yeah, last year they you can tell that they really switched to being a like a air it out kind of team. But then again, you got to think uh, that we fell behind a lot in most of the games after that first half. You know, in the first half, you can you can tell we we're trying to establish the run, and and you, maybe we did establish it a little bit. But uh, you know, we fell behind a lot in games. So in the second half, we're you know you can't hand the ball off when you're behind, really. So. Of course, Dak had to just throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. That's why he almost had three receivers at a thousand yards. You had a, a, a Cooper over a thousand, Gallup over a thousand, and you had uh, Randall Cobb at around eight hundred yards. So you know, pretty close thousand yards. But like I said, um, most of the games in the second half, we're airing it out because we're behind. We fell behind in, in most of our games, like against the Packers, when it was uh, what twenty-one to three. Or twenty-eight to three is the you know you can't run the ball then so of course it's going to take away touches from Zeke and you know everybody else is going to get the rock because we're just trying to play catch up. This year I think it's going to be a lot different. You know we're going to make sure we stick with the run game. You know our defense has improved so I think we're you know key stops here and there and we're going to be able to just we're gonna the offense is going to run through Zeke again this year. I feel it. Uh, everybody's going to get their fair share of touches but. It, we're going to go back to being a, a, a ground and pound type team. What What is your thoughts on you know them signing Jarwin to a pretty good contract? You like the guy? Oh, I love Jarwin. You know, uh, obviously he was uh, kind of overshadowed by uh, Jason Witten. You know, bringing him back. You know, 
win, so how are you not going to start Jason Wynn? You know what I mean? Everything he's done for Dallas, you got to start the guy. But um, now that he doesn't have that looming over him, he doesn't have, uh, you know, Jason Wynn right there to kind of take his, his reps. Uh, I think he's really going to flourish, and he's going to, uh, in my opinion, he's going to be one of the top tight ends this year. Well, he's paid as a top 10 tight end, so, you know, hopefully he does step it up. He better play like a top 10 tight end, you know what I, I mean? I think fantasy-wise, he's going, like, number eight, I think, which is pretty good. Yeah, I did a mock draft a, a, a few days ago, and he's a guy I snagged. You know, I, I got Gronkowski and and, uh, and Jarwin, you know, because I, I, me as a fan, of course, I kind of, you know, have the, oh, you know, I like this guy. He's a sleeper because it's my team, so. I like Jarwin a lot. He's, I think he's going to do some damage this year. He's going to be a solid-ass tight end, right? Plus, when you have Gronkowski, yeah. that guy's never had need a, someone to, like a... Be more reliable. need a reliable backup, yeah. and he, he's that guy. What about... Yeah, for sure. What about who is the defensive rookie you look forward to seeing this season? Defensive rookie. Hmm. That's a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think. Better not see Trayvon Diggs. Nah, <laughs> nah, he's gonna he's gonna take some time. He's gonna he's gonna have his learning curve. He's pretty raw, huh? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean I like him. He's got good ball skills, but like I said, he's he's gonna hit. You know, Dallas Cowboy fans shouldn't expect for him to be a, you know, like a Marcus Peters type dude. You know, he'll get a few picks here and there. He'll make some key stops here and there, but uh, he's 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 a raw guy. He's gonna have you know mistakes as a rookie should. But as far as defensive rookie of the year, it doesn't even have to be like a defensive rookie of the year. It could just be like someone that you saw in college that you're just excited to see them as a pro. Hmm. I'm trying to think, man. I'm trying to go back all the way in the draft and see who who. You go ahead and name. I think once you start naming a few, then then it'll kind of refresh my memory. You go ahead and uh, let me know who you think. So for me, who you have in mind? So my offensive rookie of the year. Well, I'm gonna go defensive. Start off with defensive. I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. Cameron Dantzler. He was a third round corner out of Mississippi State. Versus, so he played in the SEC, right? That's basically like mm-hmm. an NFL, the NFL basically. So versus yeah. Alabama, they had. Four, they had two first round receivers this year, and then next year they're gonna have another two receivers going the first round. This year they had Judy and Ruggs. Next year they're gonna have Waddle and Smith, and then versus LSU, there's Jefferson who went in the first round. Jefferson and then Chase yeah. from LSU is supposed to be a top ten pick this upcoming draft. I like him. When I seen him play, him and Jefferson, that was a dynamic duo. It, it was just like a like Rugs and um and Judy, you know that it was just like a the a, a great one too. Um, but yeah, you know, go ahead, and continue. I, I I like those receivers though. So the stat line is Cameron Dantzler versus all those six receivers this past year only allowed twenty one total yards and no touchdowns versus all those guys. Whew. And he's six two, he's like one ninety. But it's a big corner. That's a big corner. He's my defensive rookie of the year, and you're gonna you're gonna know why. He's been giving, he's been shutting down Adam Thielen in practice since uh, this whole week. 
And this is the first week that there's fully padded practices, and he's been doing great. So you're going a sleeper, sleeper type guy, huh? Yeah. And then my 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 offensive player is not really a sleeper. This is someone that I'm eyeing in all my my fantasy drafts. Jonathan Taylor, the running back for the Colts. Oh, okay. I, I like that. Colts? But do you think uh, Look, you think Marlon Mack's going to take some shine away from him? See, Jonathan Taylor is a freak of nature. And he ran a four four one, and Marlon Mack can never stay healthy, and I think that they're gonna write out the hot hand, and I think that's gonna be Jonathan Taylor versus that dude. Their offensive line is like one of the best. They're like top five last year in yards per run attempt. So I I could just see him. I could just imagine in my mind Jonathan Taylor at least producing ten touchdowns this year and going. Over twelve hundred rushing yards. Oh, that's a pretty bold prediction. I, I mean, I like Jonathan Taylor, but you know, Marlon Mack put up what he put up a thousand last uh, year. Yeah, him and Hines did really well as a duel together. But Marlon Mack yeah. did miss a few games. But, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I like uh, Jeff Okuda. Oh, okay, that's who. Either Jeff Okuda or, or even Chase Young. Though those are guys that um. That you know pop up in my head now that I really am putting some thought into it. Oh, even Isaiah Simmons. What Arizona? Those guys. Those guys are very dynamic. You know when it comes to you know. Dude, the the Redskins have like six first round picks on the defensive line. Uh, they have like gonna be hard to stop. You know, especially coming from they the have Cowboys. Young. Fan. They have Kerrigan. They have Sweat. All defensive ends. Sweat, first round yeah. picks. They had Payne, Jonathan, Jonathan Allen. Allen, first round picks, and they have like other rotational mm-hmm. guys that are really good. Because even the Vikings right. played the Red, um, well, the Washington football team last year, and they had fits against them. <laughs> yeah, no, that that those guys are gonna be because they're very, um, they're not just like a, a bulldoze type team. These guys, they they got plenty of moves up their sleeves, and you know they're they're lengthy. They got good bend, you know. Uh, it, Chase Young is he's he's a great prospect. Obviously, that's why he went what two, or, yeah, second overall. Um, in my opinion, you know, he's gonna, he looks kind of you know scary, especially for my my offensive line is getting older in age. It's, he's gonna give us some fits for years to come. Um, what's your right Collins? Right, I think he might have had an injury. I think I may I may have saw. I wasn't really sure what happened, yeah. but he might have been out. Might be out for a few weeks or so. Um, no, he's just nursing oh, okay. something right now. He's still doing. He's still with the team. He's, uh, you know, he's suiting up and everything is. And he's just kind of doing uh, stuff off the side. Uh, shouldn't be nothing too serious. Um, yeah, he should be good to go. So I wonder. Point. I want to know what side they're gonna throw. Because uh, no Kerrigan rushes off the left end. And then sweat is yeah, sweat is off the right. Left. So I wonder where they're gonna throw Young. Maybe as a three technique, or they're gonna throw him on the outside, or I don't know what kind of fits they're gonna do. But man, just the defensive line alone is gonna you know create. They don't have really besides Landon Collins. They don't have really have known corners. So it's mm-hmm. gonna like that defensive line is gonna create a lot of opportunities for the the defensive backs with that pressure they create. 
for for an average for an average kind of you know cornerback uh, core, yeah, the defensive line is going to be a it's going to be a key piece in trying to help the Washington football team win a few games. You know, because honestly, hopefully, if Alex Smith comes back, you know, Washington can be a decent team. You know, because they got McLaurin, you got um. Was he, they they drafted Bryce Love, who's a, a a pretty good running back, and you still got Adrian Peterson, who can still give you, uh, you know, close to a thousand yards a year. You know, he's been kind of slow with that, but you know, you got you got veteran guys as far in the backfield. You got you know, Alex Smith. You got a pretty decent line. If if Alex Smith, my opinion, I put him as a starting quarterback. Led um, what's his name? Haskins. Haskins, yeah, let him learn a little bit more because last year he was uh like during the headlights really. So, if if Alex Smith can uh, return to what he was, I think they can be a pretty decent team because that defense, you know, they're they're not a just a team you can just slap around. They're 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 decent. Like I said, if Alex Smith comes back, they can be a solid team and they'll be tough. For Did Dallas. you see that? I think it's called Project Eleven on ESPN. Did you see it? Yeah, it was really good. I liked it, man. And I'm really rooting for uh, Alex Smith. You know, um, I've always liked him, you know, uh, when he was with the Niners. Uh, I've always liked him. He's a gritty guy. He's, he, he protects the ball really well, and, you know, he's not afraid to to sling it around sometimes. But I like him. I like him, so I'm really rooting for him. You know, I'm happy that he's cleared now. And, you know, I, I want him to be – I want to see him starting again. I do too, but I'm a little scared, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, man, if I were him, I'd be scared too. That's that leg injury was no joke. I remember it just it just looked like it was just like bone and nothing else, man. It was it was a scary sight. It, it's 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 scary because you know, like a lot of people say, history repeats itself, and that was uh, I think it was a day after what happened to Joe Theismann back when Ooh. he got the same leg injury on the same team as the Redskins court with the Washington quarterback. It's it's ridiculous to think how, uh, like people say, history repeats itself, and then that, that happened. Man, that's scary stuff, man. Well, I have uh, there was some news today that uh, Nick Chubb got injured. He has a concussion. What what's your thoughts Uh-oh. like on on Nick Chubb when it comes to fantasy? Like, like if you if you what well, would you take him in the before the injury? Would you take him in the first round? Do you like him in the second round, the third round? Where, where would you if you could get him? Where would you get him if he was available for you to get? Yeah. I wouldn't be mad if I had to get him in the first round. He's a very underrated back. He's explosive when he's like a he's a bigger McCaffrey. You know, he's he's a guy who can uh, dr touchdown out of nowhere. And I wouldn't be mad if I had to take him in the first round. I think um, he's he's like a Saquon because the Saquon you if you really look at the numbers, Saquon is not a guy who uh, he he gives you one or two yards every play. You know, well whenever they give him the ball. Easy one or two yards, and occasionally he breaks like an eighty or seventy yarder, and that's what gives him a, most of his yards per game. But um, I like Nick Chubb. I would take him in the first round. I think he's a steal in the second round. Um, I like him. He's he's an underrated. Do you, back. Would you would you like draft Hunt later in the round, or would you just stay away from Hunt entirely? Yeah, I I'm saying maybe like my last few picks I'd I'd go Kareem Hunt. Um, I think they're they're probably gonna share some touches this year, 
you know, with the offense that uh, was it Stefanski? Oh yeah, that um, he's gonna run. I think he's a little, you know, he's a little more fresh, so he's gonna try to mix things up and try to get everybody involved. You got that much talent. You got two Pro Bowl tight ends when they're at their best. You got uh, Austin Hooper and David Njoku. When you got them at their best, those guys can be potential Pro Bowl. Well, Austin Hooper was a Pro Bowler, but Njoku, you know, he can be a Pro Bowler if he stays healthy and he plays at his best. You got so much talent on that team, you're gonna have to share the touches. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd snag Kareem in the. I think rounds. that the Browns even drafted like in the third round or fourth round a pretty good other tight end. So maybe they might trade in Joku, and then they have Jarvis and they have Odell, and you know how how mm-hmm. I forgot his name too. It's like Snooski, like the coach. He he came out. He was with the yeah. Vikings for many years, and he had Thielen mm-hmm. and Diggs, yeah. and he had Kyle Rudolph. Diggs. So he he used yeah. all those weapons, and he like found a lot of ways to give Dalvin Cook screens, uh, use him as a slot receiver, a different running like mm-hmm. so. I could see him using Nick Chubb this year, like how he utilized uh, Delvin Cook last year. Even though they're totally different body style um, players, and you know Nick Chubb does mm-hmm. le- less of the receiving, but he's like, man, he does. He surprised me. Like I've seen him like bust eighty yard runs, and I was like, oh my god, I didn't know that guy had that. Yeah. And to top it off, yeah, that guy, um, he had like a similar injury like Alex Smith and Theismann in college. Uh, Nick Who's Chubb, that? like his, he like broke his leg. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I do remember that. That I looked nasty. That. And then he came back his senior year, had a solid season, and then got drafted in the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like like I said, they have so much talent, and with a young coach like that, with uh, you know, bringing a fresh kind of scheme, uh, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be the Browns are, are gonna be a good team, but you know, definitely. Uh, Chubb is an underrated back. I I wouldn't be mad getting them in the first. I think the Steelers they have a great defense. A lot, of, uh, but the offense, I, I, there's a lot of questions on the offense. And then we don't know about the Bengals. And I know the Ravens are going to be a legit playoff contender. So hopefully we could see the Browns step up with all the talent they have. Maybe they just needed a go mm-hmm. a good coach, you know, to like utilize yeah. what they have, you know, and like don't let people be divas and like. Cause they they have Garrett. He's one of the potentially. He's a freak. Like young him, young Julius Peppers. Freak of nature. Yeah. There's even Clowney out mm-hmm. there. Man, they the Browns. They have a lot of talent, and hopefully they don't waste it. Oh, definitely. Like I said, you know they're they're a young team, a really young team. So they they have some uh, some years to really build up that uh, chemistry and, and to really do something special. Um. The Ravens, you can go ahead and just lock them in as a playoff team, um, if, you know, one or two seed. They're just too good. You know, that defense can create plenty of takeaways. That offense is near unstoppable uh, with Lamar. Um, I think maybe they can they can even snag it. If they can land Des Bryant, you know, I've heard rumors about that. He's uh, He was offered a contract, yeah. what, two years yeah. ago before he got injured with, with, with the Ravens. If they land him... He, he's a great red zone threat. You know, he, maybe he's rejuvenated after being let go and, and hurt and having the time to really just clear his mind and, and you know, focus on fundamentals again. If if they can land him, they're, they're going to be a, a even scarier team than what they were last year. Man, they... Um, Steelers, Steelers that they're known for a great defense. 
uh, with Big Ben back, I think they're they're like a nine and seven team. They'll probably squeak into the playoffs as well. Um, but it's going to be between them and the Browns to really, really see who wants it more. And the the more experienced guys are going. I'm going to take. So I, I like the Steelers to squeak in. But for that division, it's a tough division, and you never know what the Bengals. You you never know what Joe Burrow what he might do with uh, a healthy AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and uh, who's that other receiver that he just drafted? Oh yeah, uh, he was out of uh, Clemson. Damn, I can't think of his name either. Uh, T. Higgins. Uh, there you go. He's a speedy guy. You put him in the slot. You know, even if with hopefully uh, John Ross recovers from uh, the COVID, and you have those guys, that's a lot of speed, and that's a lot of uh, a lot of weapons you have. Man, you know, you never know. John Ross teased us a little bit in the beginning of the season last year. I picked him up off waivers. Yeah, he had a he had a pretty good game against uh, Seattle. Huh? Yeah, he was. That's that's what opened everybody's eyes. And then he got hurt, but, and um, I was like, "Damn it!" Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, T. Higgins six five, AJ Green six four, uh, Boyd. I think he's like six four or six two, and they could they could do some damage. Their offensive line's a little better. Joe Mixon's supposed to have a great season this year. It's a contract year, so he has to step it up. He wants to get paid, right? And last year, defensively, they're, they're questionable, mm-hmm. but um. You just never know. I, I don't think they, they get close to making the playoffs, but, you know, they're going to make a big improvement from being the number one overall pick. I see them maybe I, – I can see them winning six games, possibly. Do you think that Miami does better with Tua, or do you think Joe Burrow has a better season? Mm, I think – I don't think Tua is going to start right away. Just because of the, the, you know, no preseason games, you, you don't get to get a look at them, you know, like an official look at them against other teams. You know, you can have you can have scrimmages all you want, but that's against your own team, mm-hmm. you know. It's you know, it's not the same as going up against other guys fighting for a spot. So that's just my opinion. Um, I think Joe Burrow, just because he's a week one starter, I think he, he has a better, you know, he's, he's just going to get more more shine. Two, I think he'll probably come in maybe like after week six. Like for me, like I'm very confident there's going to be an NFL season because they've since they started in training camp, they've already conducted over half a million COVID tests and all the results have come back less than half of 1% positive. So mm-hmm. they're doing what they have to do. Come on, it's the NFL, man. They're Scrooge McDucks. They're not gonna. Th- they're not gonna let their money just go away, man. They're gonna make yeah, money. That's way too much money. That's way too much money to just let fall through. And certain um, certain teams are allowing fans. Like the Chiefs just announced that they're gonna allow a twenty twenty two percent of their fans to come in, which is equivalent to sixteen thousand fans. And then Jerry Jones mm-hmm. was like, "No, I'm gonna have fans. I'm gonna have fans." So it's, I, he, his is up to fifty thousand, I think, is what I was hearing from uh, 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 on YouTube, a show that they, you know, the reporters do there. I think it's up to fifty thousand because you can fit up to almost what ninety in there, in Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Yeah, man. I mean, so as, fifty is still a lot of people. Yeah, man. <laughs> because people go to restaurants, man, and they're like, you know, they're distant and stuff. It's like as long as you like, I guess keep groups together and stuff like that. It's, this is all mm-hmm. possible, man. Yeah, I don't I, I I hear a lot of people having doubts saying there's no way in the you know the whole season goes through. I do. I mean, they're going to find a way. Yeah. They're going to find a way. They're not going to lose out on that kind of money. 
they're going to find a way to kind of keep these positive tests from, you know, just going haywire and you know, everybody being affected. They're going to find a way it's going to happen. So the NFL, and, like in training camps, they're basically in a bubble and you can't really mm-hmm. leave and come and go because, you know, they haven't seen their family this whole training camp. Right. You know, so it's like, you know, they're following protocol. They're doing the right things, you know, and like some Seattle players snuck in a chicken to his hotel and they released that fool <laughs> off the bat because, you know, you get a potential. You get a potentially. No, that's all cool and all, but you get a potentially. You know, what if? But team at risk. What if? She, yeah, yeah. What if like Russell Wilson got COVID because that fool brought some freaking random chick? Yeah, no, I, that, that's totally understandable for Seattle to do. You know, to release him right away. You know, you just come on. And these times right now, you're trying to make a team first of all because he's a rookie, right? He's yeah, a rookie. yeah, a rookie corner. Uh, you're trying to make a team. You're trying to make an impression. And and you're trying to stay healthy, you know. You're trying not to infect anybody else in the team. Like, come on, yeah. man, you gotta use your head. Use your head, brother. Do you, do you watch the Hard Knocks? Yeah, I watched the first episode. It was pretty good. It was kind of back and forth, which was kind of confusing a little bit, you know. But it was just it. it I mean, it's LA. Hey, man. It's the Chargers and the Rams. Hey, we'll, can't get better than that. We'll take what we could get, man. When it comes with all this stuff, but yeah, man, it's been pretty good to see like the insight of like. Everything they do and, you know, how they... Uh, um, oh, they're conducting everything, all the yeah. safety measures and everything. They're doing, like, tests every single day. But, like, like the thing is, like, the UFC was the first one to do it, and then everybody kind of followed followed their protocols and what they do and stuff, you know? If I could give a huge shout-out to Dana White, man. For real. That, he, he, kept, he kept me sane with, you know, him putting on card after card after card. Um that's a real one right there. He he's a lot of people think that he's arrogant. He's all about you know making the money and not paying the fighters. He allowed all these fighters to keep making money to yeah. create an yeah. island, uh, you know, out of states. It's like you know he's doing it for the first of all for the fans, and then he's doing it for the fighters who I mean if they have if they're not fighting, what else do they have? You know what I mean? Exactly. So he allowed them to make money and. It was a win-win for everybody, for the fighters and for the fans. You can't get better than if there's nothing else on TV, no sports at all, and you got fights. You you're pretty damn sure that everybody's gonna tune in. Because in reality, Dana White's worth half a billion dollars, his net worth. So he doesn't really need to do this. He could have just sat back and chilled, but you know, exactly, he's the president, so he led by example. And man, yeah, shout out to Dana because we would be missing all these fucking amazing fights. Speaking of Fight mm-hmm. Island, they haven't announced it where it's going to be at. But are you excited for Stylebender versus Orochina? Oh, man. Am I excited? That's going to be a fucking war. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's going to be a, a a good one. That's going to go down as one. Styles, Styles make fights. Uh, you got uh, Acosta, who's just a, an aggressive guy who's just looking to rip your head off. And then you got Stylebender who will pick you apart. It's gonna be a great fight. I'm I'm more than ready for that's that. Fight. That's gonna be potentially the fight of the year right there, man. They're the perfect Definitely. style. It's you know Borochina, like you said, he's aggressive. He's on the attack, and then uh, Stylebender is that counter striker, which it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's, like I said, the styles playing to each other, you can't get any better than that. And uh, there's some animosity, so. With that tension, th- these guys are going to want to put a beating on each other. 
You know, Acosta's going to want to go be, be aggressive. And then Izzy, with, with his kind of striking, it's like he's going to put on the show as well. To be he's honest, be that's the fight. only fight on the card. The rest of the card is ass, to be honest. I don't know if you took this. Yeah, uh, yeah I remember them putting it up, but uh, I really didn't pay attention because I'm just so excited yeah. about that fight. Another fight I'm excited about, and I hope, because I'm a huge fan of Tyron Woodley. What uh so I hope he can do something with against um Kobe? What's his name? Uh Kobe Kobe Covington. Yeah. Out of Polish, California. Yeah, a lot of people didn't even realize that. I'm like, hey, this kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He acts like he's from Clovis. But um uh, that's, that's gonna that's be a great fight. that's gonna be the that's week a, great a week before the that fight. So it'll be like a fight yeah. night or ESPN plus card. Yeah, but I mean, you can honestly you can make a pay per view out of that one. You just gotta make you know the undercard. I wish, stack, but I'll I wish take they, it for free. I wish I'll they would have made that free. one the co-main. Oh, I don't know why they didn't. You know, you they, you give them an extra week to. I prepare, mean, they still have like, time. I mean, they they gave uh, Munoz and Edgar a week notice that they're gonna be pushed a week back, so maybe they could do it. Yeah, I mean, I hope, but that'll make the pay per view worth it. As far as the, the I mean, Costas from Brazil. Like, and then Izzy's from, what, New Zealand or Australia or something New like Zealand, that? New Zealand, yeah. So it has to be in Fight Island. Mm-hmm. With all the fight. Yeah, no, it's fi- going to happen. Dana White would have said, no, it's here in Las Vegas. Yeah, they asked him. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Any, no, any final thoughts on anything <laughs> before we, we end the show? Um, no, I think, you know, we, we had talked yesterday about what we we're going to talk about uh, today. Uh, I wish it could have went smoother. I wish we didn't have that cut off, but um, we were definitely gonna link up again. We gotta do this, we, you know. We're definitely we gonna get on one again. Uh, hey, I'm up for that. But you know, I was telling my buddy that because I need to get my podcast going, you Let's know, again it. as well. It's been almost two years since I've put out an episode, and you know, um, I'm starting to realize, you know, with everything going on, you know, I gotta make time. It's not about trying to find time. I gotta make time and. I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to try to be putting out podcast episodes weekly as well. And then if we can get on an episode together, then let's do it. But then, I mean, I stay ready. Not? I stay ready. You know I mean? You're not even have to ask me. There you go. There you go, man. I wish we could, uh, you know, actually meet in person and, you know, have a few drinks of the proper. But uh, with the situation right now, with all this COVID, it's, it's tough. But, uh, you know, we can we're going to do this again. You know, we'll talk it, you know, through through message. And uh, we'll, we'll get and, set up uh, again. Shout out, uh, plug your uh, podcast one more time. Oh, it's Valley Cats. You know, follow us, give us a listen to our previous episodes, and just know we're gonna be putting out. I'm gonna be putting out episodes uh, weekly. I'm gonna try to find the day exactly when I'm gonna be, you know, starting to do that. It'll be this week though. But um, yes, Valley Cats, give us a listen, and we're gonna be back and and live for sure. And uh, shout out to. Your podcast, Unfiltered. Uh, hope you keep it rolling too, brother. I got nothing else to do besides work, go to the gym, and do this. Same. Same. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks for being on the episode. I appreciate it. You have a good one. Thanks. Yeah, you have a good one too. All right, man. You take care out there. We'll see you, you uh, maybe it. next Stay week. Stay ready. All right. You too. All right. Thanks. Have a good one, brother.